Next on BYU Sports Nation, the future of BYU basketball. Get your sunshades out for this. Our way too early starting five of awesomeness. Now that BYU's out of the NCAA tournament, do you root for Gonzaga? Do you have to pick Stephen F. Austin against Utah? Yes. What's your bracket philosophy? Plus, how the newest hire in the BYU football office is already making an impact. He'll join us in studio. And a coach who only wins championships. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is the greatest day in all of sports. Amen. Amen! Man. First... 15 minutes to Northeastern Notre Dame. I've got it pulled up right here. First full day. Do we have, we still have to do the show during the tournament, right? Of NCAA tournament games. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Thursday, March 19th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with our resident bracketologist behind Kevin Nixon, Jerem Jordan. Uh, I don't know what to think about that. I would like the primary role, but uh, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. This is an exciting day, very exciting. I love today and tomorrow, very exciting. I think that the New Year's Six are challenging today and tomorrow. I think it's pretty good. The fun part about today and tomorrow, you have four games on at four different times all day. So it's fantastic. And then Saturday and Sunday are fantastic as well. I got more excited about these days, like through the latter years of elementary school, middle school, high school, than I did about Christmas morning. That is not an exaggeration. Like I would wake up on this day and know that even though I was going to school, I'm taking my radio headset and tuning, you know, just trying to get updates on scores, and I'm filling out my bracket. Like, I did not pay attention in school at all on this Do you day. remember when you could call a number and they would give you scores? It was did awesome. you ever do that? Yes. College basketball. <laughs> Push three. And then they'd give you all the scores. <laughs> my mom would let me skip school occasionally. I hope that's okay that I'm admitting that. But, uh, can, yeah. Can we just get over that? Like, yeah, you missed today. You might be sick. You might be at home watching this, getting ready to watch the awesome. tourney on your laptop or whatever. Watching Travis Knight and UConn play in my technology class secretly where there was a TV in the back and my teacher like, where is Spencer? Travis Knight, Alta High School in Sandy, <laughs> up the road. Nice, so nice fun. Oh, this day is awesome. Conversation Alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation. We open our arms to all members that would like to join us. With arms wide open. Yes. Who do BYU fans cheer for in the NCAA tournament now and why? Use the hashtag mm. BYUSN at Kali underscore 171. No one. Now it's time to wait for Nebraska. Hashtag countdown to the Cornhuskers. Wow. Nobody? I enjoyed the tournament by embracing it with arms wide open. <laughs> Under the sunlight. <laughs> at hint B-dub. They root for Utah to lose and for Gonzaga to keep winning. Is it a moral obligation to root against Utah as a BYU fan? That is one of the many things we will discuss later today. That is the easiest question today. to answer you have is ever Is it a moral obligation? It is mind versus heart. I mean, if you're trying to win a bracket, if you're trying to win a bracket. What kind of sick morals do you have oh. if you're trying to win a bracket <laughs> and include Utah in that? Oh, my it's not about Utah winning or Who losing. Are it's you? about winning a bracket. No, it's not. It's about being anti-Utah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
What else are we talking about today? Jake Toulson's jig continues to grow. The legend is growing and growing. One man, okay? one jig. It made the ESPN highlight for best bench reactions slash celebrations. In my opinion, I think it's the best because it happens before the shot goes in. It's muy bueno. Attaboy, no Jake. Doubt. Baseball at Gonzaga today. The Cougs have won seven of the last eight. They're two and one in WCC play. And Daniel Summer, hey, Zach Blair, a couple of former Cougars playing in the Arnold Palmer Invitational on the PGA Tour. Also a popular BYU Rock drink. The Arnold Palmer? Isn't the—I thought it was that. Is it not? Am I off? (laughs) The Arnold Palmer, isn't that iced tea mixed with lemonade? Yes. (laughs) Yes, but the Rock makes their—I believe they make their own version version of the drink. Do they have the Arnold Palmer? Uh, they, have they have they like thrown a remix on that? Thing? I think so. I could be off on that. Hey, if anybody from the Rock is listening, you need to you if need to enlighten from the us Rock right is listening. now. All of you, every single member of the Rock listening right now, enlighten us. On that note, rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Brightly beams our basketball future. Oh, the back pass, Collinsworth to Haas. Beth Moans of ESPN on that call. It's downright depressing that uh, the season has come to an end. We are mourning still, but we now turn our attention to the future. Blaine Fowler dropped a one-liner on us yesterday that really caught us off guard, but he may have a point. Listen to this. So when you really look at it, once, once the injuries occurred at the beginning of the year, we all knew that from a talent and depth perspective, especially in, in on the front line, this was going to be the worst BYU was going to be for the next eight years. Wait a second. Huh? With the all-time leading scorer in basketball history at BYU, Tyler Haas, Kyle Collinsworth and his six triple doubles, Chase Fisher making the second most three-pointers ever in an individual season behind only his Jimmerness, Jimmer Fredette. This is the least talented BYU basketball team in the next eight years? Especially on the front line, is what he said. Interesting. There you go. By the way, uh, this in from at Reggie Lewis 32. George something. Isn't a Randall the official drink? George Randall. It's It's the George Randall. It's the George Randall, not the Arnold Palmer. (laughs) I was off. Like many things I say on this show. (laughs) Okay. We got that cleared up. (laughs) Now listen. Back to Boyne. Okay. First of all, two of the three players that I just listed that put up record numbers this year, Chase Fisher, the most threes in a game, 10. Kyle Collins with Second most in the season. Yeah, okay. They're coming back. They are coming back next year. And I know you can't replace Tyler Haas, but you can create a better team with more balance. And that brings us to some breaking news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. You want to read this, Jeremy? BYU will have front, po- will have post scores next year. Yes! They'll have a front line. They want people <laughs> that can get the ball with their back to the basket and score the ball. I forgot what it looked like. I can't wait to watch highlights of previous players to remember what that looked like. Remember how excited That's we got when Corbin Kafusi scored nine points against Portland? Like nine points from a post was like, oh my goodness! Down the back eight. Uh, Corbin Kafusi averaged a five and five. 
Which you, you'd say, well, that's not a ton. That felt enormous. For a guy that played on football, this season. I, the, the ceiling is really high for Corbin Kofusi. I, I have penciled him, him, him in as the starting center next year. BYU basketball will have post-depth. Let that soak in. Okay, It's going to change the dynamic of the offense. You're not going to have five-out, screen, uh, roll, up top. I think, I think Terry Nashif has a lot of work to do over the summer where he has to go back to, all right, we probably run through the post next year. Kyle Davis, transfer from Utah State, has fulfilled his one year of sitting out and can now begin to play in a BYU basketball uniform. Yeah. My early pick for the point-per-game leader for BYU Ooh. next year. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Get a monster game against BYU at Utah State. 16-9 against Cougars. Averaged almost ago. a double-double at Utah State his sophomore year. Okay? Throw in Nate Austin, who we really feel confident will get his medical hardship. Jamal Eights, Bronson Kafusi, Isaac Nielsen. Okay? Post-depth. The future of BYU hoops, when you look at who's coming back next year, let's go with the experience. We already mentioned Collinsworth and Fisher. Austin. Kafusi, can you imagine him after a full year of work, Jerem? Coupled a, with what he picked chance, up this year? Got a chance to be a pretty stinking good player. At a, and we're talking about developing the offensive game. I thought we saw huge strides defensively. Frank Bartley, good defender. Isaac Nielsen. You know what? What can he do after another full year of work? We saw flashes of brilliance from him. Jake Toulson's a good shooter. Then the newcomers, Kyle Davis, focused on him already. Nick Emery, the first of the Lone Peak three to come back from a mission. Okay? Very excited about Nicholas. Jordan Chapman, red shirt point guard, Gatorade High School Player of the Year in the state of Washington. Zach Selyus. I mean, the dude won a state championship. We think he can be Steven Rogers 2.0. Because he's a six foot eight shooter. That's the comparison. Steve, when Steven Rogers was healthy, he was a pretty good player. Jacob Hartsock, Braden Shaw, both coming back from missions. Don't know. I mean, question marks around there. But it takes a while to get to the question marks is our point today. BYU, I feel like, leaned on um, two and a half players this season for scoring. Kyle Collinsworth, Tyler Haas, and then was Chase Fisher on or not? And then you hope Throwing that a little Skyler Anson Halford. Winder, Skyler uh, Halford did something. I think the next year BYU transitions to having – a few more options on offense. If Kyle Collinsworth goes one for eight like he did against, or one for seven like he did against Ole Miss, I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue next year because you'll have guys like Davis, a Fisher still around. Collinsworth is there, obviously. And then, and then I think, what does Jamal Eights do? Is Jamal Eights Stacey Davis from Pepperdine? A guy oh. who can shoot and post up? Take guys off the dribble? The, the, word is that, the word is that he's a good player. I think that you have more balance. What's Nick Emery going to do? Does Nick Emery start? Does he come off the bench as the backup point? Does he play off the ball uh, in the starting lineup? Uh, what, what do Shaw and Hartsock do? What does Selyus do playing before his mission? I'm very excited about the overall talent of this team. Obviously, you have two of the best ever in Haas and Collinsworth. But the balance of this team next year is very exciting. It's the appetizer for the fans, because the fans believe that in two years and then, and then the third season when you end the Lone Peak 3 for a second season together, that, that that is the, okay, now we're capable of doing anything here. Now we can be Gonzaga. That's the goal, right? Challenge the Zags for a championship. Get a good seed, go to the tournament, win a couple games. You bring up a great point in that it's not so guard-reliant. The depth is better distributed throughout the entire lineup. Okay? You still have shooters, though. Fisher? Toulson, you hope Emery can be 
a guy that comes in and lights it up? He told us his jump shot is at 70% of what it was before his mission. Somebody I haven't mentioned, Corey Calvert, was the Colorado 5A player of the year. He comes back from a mission as well. What, what is he going to do? These guys, this year, BYU had to play freshman and sophomore post players. Next year, Davis is a junior. Austin is back as a ninth-year senior. <laughs> you, you have you, Nielsen, Kafusi. You have guys who have, they played uh, minutes. who have played and played significantly, and now they're relied upon. I, I'm telling you, Kyle Davis is going to be a really good player for BYU. You don't. He sat out this year. He is going to be a stud next year. Truth. Okay. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Kyle Davis averaged 9.1 points per game and 7.6 rebounds his sophomore year at Utah State two seasons ago. Sat out this year uh, as a redshirt and a walk-on. He will play the next two years for BYU. Had 16 points, 9 rebounds against the Cougars. He wasn't one of the primary options at Utah State. Um, really good player, but BYU is going. I think they run the ball through Kyle Davis in the post. By the way, we hear, and Kyle is an outstanding gentleman, like one of the nicest guys. Same can be said about Nick Emery, but they, they apparently share a characteristic on the floor. They have a killer instinct. We hear that in practice, Kyle Davis has a little bit of Leitner in him, <laughs> which, which is a great attribute to have. I want a guy with killer instinct. I want a guy who is ferocious, who in the heat of battle is going to have sportsmanship, but if needs, to, if needs be, will step on your throat a little bit on the court, if you will. Kyle Davis has that. Nick Emery or, or has Or step that. on your chest. Or step on your <laughs> chest, in the case of Christian Leitner. If you haven't seen I Hate Christian Leitner, fantastic 30 for 30 on him. Really good. Kyle Davis is one member of our way too early BYU Sports Nation starting five. It is way too early. Okay, we are. It's March the, se- the season's been over for not even 48 hours. <laughs> but it's, look, we're looking to the future. So if we had to pick a way too early starting five, who would be in there? Here it is. Go ahead. Kyle Collinsworth. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you wanted to do it. Oh. Kyle Collinsworth, obviously. Collinsworth. Chase Fisher. Kyle Davis. Corbin Kafusi, And who is the fifth? Player. Okay, we, we don't know. We've had this discussion. Is it Nick Emery right away? Could be. Is he if he is yes. he the two? Does Chase play the three? It doesn't matter. It's just you have three guards. That really doesn't matter. Nick Emery can play the point. He played when TJ Haas gets here, he'll play the point. Nick Emery will play off the ball, I think. Is it Jamal Eights? Do you go with three bigs? Quote unquote bigs. Put Kyle Davis to the three. Traditionally, BYU, uh, Kyle Davis is not a three point shooter, as a, a tra- he could become such. He was 0 for 3 his sophomore year at Utah State. He didn't really shoot threes. Does Jamal Eights shoot threes? That's, that's a question. Typically, BYU has three three-point shooters on the court. The nice thing about this year, uh, this next year, the upcoming year, is that BYU will go away from having two non-scoring uh, threats on offense on the court at the same time. There was a lot of that with Josh Sharp, Corbin Kafusi, Nate Austin at times, right? Isaac Nielsen, uh, Luke Worthington. They're not, BYU not running the offense through those guys. Not even the, the, the ability to shoot was pretty yellow, right? It wasn't green. Unless you're Ryan Andrus and you're playing Gonzaga, you're like, I'm going to shoot a three, whatever. <laughs> and make it. And yeah. Isaac Nielsen. And so, make it. So who's the, who's the other starter? This is way too early. Total projection. But I like those four. And I like whoever BYU puts in at the five. You not, have, not, not at the you five, have, but as a fifth spot. You will have whoever it is, you know, if it's Emery or Eights. You can have four scorers on the floor and whatever Corbin Kafusi can bring. Ideally, you always have five scorers on the floor. 
And the they're next pushing year, towards that. Hopefully, Corbin Kafusi has the green light. Mm-hmm. To th- what the Bigs were doing was coming out of the three point line and screening. So if they got the ball deep, it was, I can I do can I go? No. Okay, let's kick it back out. So they'll develop more this next year. I'm, I'm excited. Offensive I, mentality in the post. Hey, and guess what? That worked for BYU. They were second in the country in scoring. It'd just be nice to not have to rely on jump shots so that in the second half, if you go cold against Ole Miss, it's not as, not a, as big an issue. You want high percentage shots. Better believe Kyle Davis can run the floor really, really well. I have seen it with my own eyes. Well, BYU's out of the tournament. Yeah, we know. Okay, let's not focus on that. I but, forgot about that until right now. But who do you cheer for in the NCAA tournament now and why? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's winter time. At JSJ35, the broadcast teams, I want to hear them at their best when calling the games. Okay, he brings up a legitimate point <laughs> because the best of the best play-by-play guys are on the CBS networks. Unfortunately, Gus Johnson, is he, he's not he in it, He went to right? Fox. Yeah. So minus Gus Johnson. <sighs> Young fella! Okay, but you, you still have Iron Eagle, you know. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm more excited about the teams. The broadcast teams are fun, though. Kevin Harlan, he's he's awesome. Yes, all those guys. Marv Albert on college hoops, great. Yes, at cot underscore BYU football. I'm hoping that AZ Arizona or Gonzaga make a deep run. Hey, we introduced you to the new BYU director of football ops in ten minutes. But next, no BYU. So now what? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Watch softball this weekend as well. Starts Friday, 6 Eastern time. BYU and Oklahoma State on BYU TV. Uh, check it out. Doubleheader Friday, doubleheader Saturday. They're a really good team. We're going to talk to Gordon Eakin, a guy who only wins conference championships no matter what conference he's playing in. He got his 500th win last week. Pretty awesome. BYU softball has won four conference championships in four different conferences over the last four years. What are they doing in four different conferences? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, that's wild. (laughs) The the amazing part is wherever they go, they just win. They finally settled in the West Coast Conference who made softball a sport in the league. Yeah. I think someone had to add it, LMU or somebody. They just win. Our Twitter question today, why? Well, not why, but who? Do BYU fans cheer for in the NCAA tournament now? And why? At Big Uncle Pooh, upsets and buzzer beaters. I don't care who. Just combine those two, and I'm happy. Yeah, upsets are fun. Upsets are really fun. By the way, when people are like, I love Cinderella teams. You know, it's unique. It's You unique. do until... The Final Four or something. Generally, yes. Then it's, then it's okay, that's Oh, enough. really? You don't want to watch Kentucky play Duke in the finals? Not for me. I actually like watching the big dogs duke it out. But it was fun when Butler got to the title game. Because it rep- – I mean, the majority of America in terms of college basketball is not the big dogs, In right? the first People root two the or dogs. three rounds, it is like, yeah, woo, go Akron. Northeastern, go Notre Northeastern. Dame is underway, by the way. 14 versus three, I got Notre Dame in this one. Okay. But in, in football, is anybody like the beginning of the season like, go Akron, woo? Like no, no. <laughs> it's someone, it's unique. Someone is. It's unique the to college are. basketball. I know, but there's like a collective, collective like let's root for the Cinderella team. That's what makes this tournament in the beautiful. opening rounds. Yes, and a 16's not beating a one. So the NCAA tournament tip off today in the round of 64. 
But if BYU is out of the field, round. who are you rooting for? Okay, we look at loyalty versus logic, starting with Gonzaga. Do you root for Gonzaga? West Coast Conference ties. Rival of BYU. Yes, yes, yes. I have them going to the title game and losing to Kentucky. That's how much I'm in on the Zags. I think wow. they're great. I really do. Could they lose in the second round? Yeah. It could happen. Well, you think they could, you think they could lose in the second round? Sure. They've only lost two games. They're Gonzaga. I know, they but they've, go only, to the final they've four. only lost two games, though. I know. That's the thing. That's why I haven't been in the title game. But I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the and second And it took round. like the I worst shooting round. performance second ever game. combined by Pangos and Wiltshire, plus a good BYU game, to make that happen in Spokane. That could they, happen in this. Their other loss was overtime at Arizona. They should have won They're that really game. They're really good. That's, that's who I uh, – I'm trying to remember who else I have in the Final Four. So for us, our collective – Villanova and Arizona? Our collective say? answer is then yes. Root, root for Gonzaga. Or is it Wisconsin? Heaven knows nobody else in the West Coast Conference did anything in a postseason tournament. Oh, my gosh. Yesterday, St. Mary's, Pepperdine, Yeesh. Portland all lost. NIT, CBI, CIT. <laughs> who cares about those? How do you view Utah – Number two, as we look at loyalty versus logic. Let's go, Lumberjacks. <laughs> Wait, do you root for Gonzaga? You didn't answer the Yes, question. I said I root for Gonzaga. I wasn't listening. I said our collective response is yes, root for the Zags. How do you view Utah? Do you have a moral obligation as a BYU fan and member of BYU Sports Nation <laughs> to root against the Utes of Utah? Heck no. Hey, Larry Kristofiak says, no, root for Utah. Jaren? I can't cheer for Utah. Ever. I hope they go Owen oh, whatever. <laughs> Every year. It's just the way it's just the way it is. Oh. Okay. It's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, at puns to go. Go lumberjack. Yes, Stephen. Yeah, that's F. what Austin. I'm talking about. Okay. Stephen F. Austin. I know that many share the sentiment of Jaron, but if you're trying oh, to I, win a bracket. I accidentally put Utah in my bracket. Try- that was a mistake. Wait, what? What? No, that's a mistake, and it's, lock, it's locked in. Jerem! Shoot. What in the world? Someone must have changed that. Who got my password? Did your, did your field get hijacked? Why do you have Robert Morris winning the national championship? Yeah, wait a minute. Oh, I have Kentucky, Wisconsin, <laughs> Oklahoma, Gonzaga. Okay. In the final. Let's see, he's like vehemently opposed so to rooting you, for Utah. Now you, he, he picks Utah to beat Stephen F. Austin. Do you root that is for hilarious. Utah? <laughs> you root for Utah? If I'm trying to win a bracket, okay, Stephen F. Austin is another one of those teams Dude, that's like, oh, they won, your, they won last year, so they ha- they're they a 12 again. They, they're they going to win because the 12 is always going to beat the 5. Okay, I know. Well, A12 will beat the 5. Exactly, A12. I don't think it's Stephen F. Austin. has nothing to do with me hoping Utah wins. It's just sure, my – I get it. The, the analyst in me says – The analyst in me says <laughs> Utah's going to win this game. Okay, I want to win though. my bracket. Listen, though. Would you sell your soul for a mess of pottage? And that mess of pottage is a bracket. Don't even bring that. That has nothing to do with this. That's everything, Esau. <laughs> Esau. I'm going to call you Esau from now on. I'm going to call you Cain, Scripture. Then. Nice. <laughs> Scripture jokes are awesome. Oh, my goodness. My okay. new favorite follow on Twitter, by the way, at BYUAP. Really it's funny. A, it's a fake account really of a funny. guy that was an AP on his Left mission. Left his heart in the mission field. Back. Yeah. Really funny. <laughs> Number three, loyalty versus logic as we look at the NCAA tournament. Ole Miss. Nope. How do you view the Rebels? They just beat BYU. You're ticked off. I'm not watching that game. They play Xavier now. Do you want them to beat Xavier? Do you want them to run into the Sweet 16? Or will it make it sting that much more? 
Do you yeah. want them to get throttled by yeah, Xavier? That's a gr- that's a great point because if they win the game, you think, well, BYU could have done that, and Ugh. that hurts. But if Xavier wins, you think, oh, maybe Xavier was a buzzkill anyway. See, for me, I wanted to play in today's game no matter what. My my heart hurts still, and so I I'm having a hard time rooting for <laughs> Ole Miss, or as one of my friends called it, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. That's a real story. Wow. Shout out to Caroline. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. <laughs> That's funny. Kentucky versus the field. Who are you taking? I got Kentucky. I think they're too good. I think Almost a too- 50% chance, according to ESPN BPI, of winning the tournament. It, oh. that, can you combine the next three teams that have the best chance? That doesn't equal Kentucky's percentage. It's, it's fun, though, because if they lose, I really don't care. I'm not into winning my bracket challenge hardly at all. I would rather enjoy my life <laughs> than worry about this bracket challenge. <laughs> Jerem's made two mistakes in his bracket thus far. One, he picked Utah after he voted that, vehemently that was a against them. Huge mistake. And he also changed his bracket after BYU lost. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you? You can't. I waited until Wednesday. Wait, so why? what's the problem with me changing mine? You didn't even fill one it's out. It's cheating. I was proactive. It's cheating. I was proactive. <laughs> oh, up next, meet the new director of football operations at BYU. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Moving pictures on BYU TV. You can download the show podcast on iTunes or at BYUSportsNation.com. Saturday, women's hoops is in the NCAA tournament. They're a 14 seed, trying to knock off three seed Louisville. for Eastern time, watch it on ESPN2. Listen to it right here on BYU Radio. Your regional diction is amazing. Like Veronica Corningstone, that is a uh, you know benchmark of what I define myself with. I study that nonstop. Not Louisville, Louisville. Yes, and there is a Nailed Louis a Louisville, Colorado, spelled just the same oh, way. Did you know that? I didn't know that. All right, uh, on to important things. NCAA tournament tip off today. Yeah. Also, spring football at BYU continuing sixth practice tomorrow. All gearing up for what happens on September fifth. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 170. 170 17? days away. 17. One, not 17. No, 17. 117. There's a T in the spelling. <laughs> not a D. What Whatever. Is- it's 170. You're right, D. There, there we go. <laughs> there we go with the regional diction again, right? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Let's bring in somebody that can... Uh, Settle things down for us a little Get bit. Get this show back on yes, the rails. Yes, yes. Patrick Hickman, the new director of football operations at BYU. Welcome to Studio B and BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks, fellas. Appreciate the uh, appreciate this opportunity to come here. The road to your position at BYU, I'm guessing, had a few unexpected twists and turns. Now you're here. Did you ever expect to be the director of football operations heading into the 2015 season? You know, I, I didn't. I didn't, honestly. Uh, you know, we, we had hired Zach Nyborg last year, and... Uh, you know, I expected him to be here for a while, so uh, opportunity came up for him, t- and uh, he took it. And um, fortunately for me, I was able to, you know, slide right in, I guess, so to speak. So you've been the high school relations coordinator for <laughs> a while, right? Uh, yeah, uh, eight years. Eight, eight years. Eight, nine years, I think. So I'm going to my tenth football season this this upcoming year. So and you were at Boise State before BYU. Boise State prior to BYU. Yeah, okay. I was there for. About five years. So how much of a transition to become uh, the DFO has this been? You know, um, there, there's been a few things that, that I've had to learn. Uh, but I, honestly, for the most part, been, I've been on our program every day for the last eight, nine years. 
um, there's not really a whole lot that uh, that's really a, a surprise or, or a shock or anything that I really have to learn. So, you know, um, you know, pretty been a pretty smooth transition. Besides your phone constantly ringing off the hook, <laughs> text, and the percent the battery percentage being a constant issue, mm-hmm. uh, what what are your specific responsibilities in your new role? You know, in in my new role, uh, you know, the the biggest responsibilities are that, that this position has is you know they basically oversee all of the non coaching aspects of the program. So from travel to training table. Uh, you know, you name it when it comes up, that really kind of, if it's not a coaching issue, it falls, falls under my position. And so, um, yeah, so it's kind of some, it, every day is a new day, so to speak in, in the football offices. Kind of like a new job every day. Yeah. 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 Some days it feels like that. So <laughs> what, uh, what can you do as the, the DOFO, as I like to call it, DFO, <laughs> DOFO, to make BYU football better? Uh, you know what? I think, I think one of the things you can do is just continue to build on what, what what's already been there i mean you know we, we've had a couple of really good guys in there uh, you know zach came in and did some really nice things made made some changes in our program i thought were for the better um you know hopefully you know i can continue to build on that and uh and and you know the main thing is is you need to be in there to uh to make sure that our players and coaches have everything that they need and to keep us current and and, and relevant and competitive and and what what our program offers so we have noticed recently that you have joined the social media wave, Patrick. <laughs> you are now you a part tweets. of the Twitter machine, which we love on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, what what was it that pushed you over the top to to get with that social media wave? Um, what really pushed me over the top was uh, Coach Mendenhall had said, "Hey, you need to have a, a Twitter account." Wait, he what? Said that? <laughs> he, what in yeah. the world? Wow. Yeah, yeah. He told me that I had to have a Twitter account, so. Uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, got to do what the boss says. So uh, I joined the world of Twitter, uh, I don't know, about what, about four or five days ago? That The irony in that statement is <laughs> amazing. Everyday greatness. But, you know, what? it's great. It's great. It's, uh, you know, it's been fun. Bronco Mendenhall, Twitter proponent. Are you, okay, can you clear something up for us? Mm-hmm. Does Bronco always tweet from his Twitter account, or does someone else have access? It's always Bronco. It's always Bronco? It's yes. always You aren't lying to us? You wouldn't lie, would you? Here. I would never lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that, that was a straight face, too. I want to ask you this. Uh, Manoa Picula mm-hmm. uh, mentioned that there was a uh, great team meeting yesterday. So he called it the realist team meeting. Were you involved in this meeting? I was there, yes. What, um, what was real about it? You know, what was real about it was uh, we every day we have an assistant coach who gets up and 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 share something with the team and uh coach Atawai got up and, and shared something with our team i don't really want to divulge that but it was it was a really meaningful message great message for our team um as, as you all know coach Atawai he speaks from the heart and so it's it's always a great opportunity to listen to him speak and 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 he did just that in our team meeting and i thought it was impactful for our players coaches and basically anybody that was in there so what was what was different about it that Manoa's kind of hinting at uh, you know what? Uh, the difference is really just coach, coach Atawaya. He's just, you know, he has a real unique way of being able to express himself, uh, and, um, be very sincere in what he's saying and, and express that sincerity without actually telling you he's being sincere. And, uh, 
he just has a unique gift that way of being very sincere. He oh, he brings the passion. He brings the passion. No, 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 dude. He just said it. He just said it. So that's kind of his thing. Right? It's either that or chucking <laughs> soda at the ground right now, which is awesome as well. It's the passion, man. Okay, yeah. the atmosphere around spring football with. Uh, Obviously, you and your new position, mm-hmm. Frank Wintrick, the new strength and conditioning coach, the quarterback situation with Christian Stewart coming back. How is the atmosphere around BYU spring football right now? There's excitement. I mean, I think guys are excited. I mean, uh, we've got a new strength coach, Frank, that's come in and done a phenomenal job. Um, our guys have really, really got dialed into his program and what he's doing. Um, and then, you know, having Christian Stewart back, it's always good to have a familiar face back. And, uh, you know, Christian's a great guy. The, the guys on our team love him. Our coaches love him, so it's it's great to have him back. And then, you know, um, uh, yeah. So there's excitement. We've got we've got a great schedule coming up, um, challenging, and uh, I think our kids are excited. I, th- I know our our player, our staff is as well. So there's not a ton of uh, I don't know media surrounding what's going on within fall camp. Is it nice to kind of have it quiet that way, or would you rather have a buzz going on? You know, I you know I I really don't have a preference one way or the other. You know, I I think just for Internally, there there's excitement there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know I, I I've honestly honestly never really dealt with the media prior to until this interview. <laughs> <laughs> now you do. This is just the beginning, well, Patrick. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. So you know this is all kind of new new ground for me, but uh, you know I, I'm excited about the upcoming season. Excited excited about spring ball and uh, and uh, just ready to go. Well, you visited a lot of stadiums. You've been around the program for a long mm-hmm. time. This is a unique schedule. You have road trips starting off with Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska, also to the Big House, to UCLA, to Arrowhead Stadium. Is there a trip that you are looking forward to the most? Gosh, you know, um, I don't know if there's a trip, but there, there's a lot of great places out there. I'd be, I mean, when you talk about some of the historic places in college football, you know, the Rose Bowl, the Big House, Lincoln Memorial Stadium where Nebraska plays, I mean, those are all – tremendous venues um and then arrowhead stadium uh where the kansas city chiefs play we'll play a neutral site game with missouri um gosh if you love college football i mean which i do uh you know those are all exciting places i i don't know if you could put one in front of the other so uh nyborg was in charge of the music at practice does this become a thing you do (laughs) do you become dj p hickman (laughs) you know i like the sound of that but uh you know Probably not. That's probably not going to be something that I'm going to be in charge of right now. In our practices as well, we've we've uh, we've kind of gone away from the music at least at this point, just because uh, we're trying to really focus in on teaching and and uh, and and assignments and just different things within our program. So we we've kind of gone away a little bit from the music. If you need the music, call these two. Okay, DJ <laughs> Jerome Jordan, <laughs> Jerome probably. Jerome. Right, thank you, DJ Bronco. Jerome Jordan. <laughs> yes. Bronco Mendenhall has some go-to snacks, Patrick, and I have established myself as the green room snack guy. Mm-hmm. Not purposely. It just kind of happened and then grew into this thing. But uh, were foreordained to be the yes, snack guy. Yes, yes. Are you aware of his go-to snacks if he needs, like, a pick-me-up? You know, um, that's a great question. Uh, you know. I can help out if you need me to. <laughs> I don't know what his go-to snack is. I'll be honest with you. This uh, guy knows. Listen. If he's ever in a bad mood, or what you he's never need, in a bad, you just mood. need him to like <laughs> right? turn that frown upside down. Okay, a Heath bar is is the way to go for Bronco, or jalapeno potato chips if you really want to go next level. Good. If I ever have um, uh, 
any bad news to break to him, then I'll make sure that I've got to. Here, have this first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's, who's the player on the team who has talked to you the most so far? That talked to me the most in regards to just. J- just comes up to you and talks to you the most. Gosh, there's a lot of guys or, on our or team group, that. a that, group of players. Uh, you know, um, there, there, there's a lot. It's hard to say. Uh, probably stands out to my mind the most. Uh, probably Manoa Pakula and, mm-hmm. and Harvey. Manoa and Harvey and uh, and Tayu Kautai. Uh, Linebackers. Taysom. Taysom. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there, I, you know, I talked to, talk to all the guys on our team, you know, so it's hard to say who, who talks to me the most, but uh, – uh, but uh, you know, those I can't. I can't the, the linebackers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the linebackers. How about how about the guy who is the uh, maybe maybe on the field he's ferocious and boisterous, but he's really shy behind the scenes. Shy, boisterous on the field, and shy. Like is Tijon Chroma shy? No, but I will tell you this: Tijon Chroma is one of the best kids that I've ever been a part of, mm. been around since like we've it. been here. He is, you know, he's on the field, and he is a tough guy, and he's a mean dude. But off the field, that is one of the best guys on our team, hands down. He doesn't seem like he lifts very much, though. No, no, Are his no. arms really that big? <laughs> I mean, yes. it is ridiculous. He's, and, and, and he's expected to be big time. I mean, started every game. As a yeah. Yeah, no, he he he's a great player, and I mean it's you know it, it's amazing what he was able to do last year. You know, it's that's a tough position to come in and play, period. Let alone to come in and, and, and play at that level as a as a true freshman. So he's a special player, special player, and a, and a special person. Patrick, congratulations on surviving the first of many prominent media interviews <laughs> you will do. <laughs> great to have you on the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation. Learn more at cougarclub.com, and welcome to the club. Up next, he's won four conference titles in four seasons in four different leagues. Softball coach Gordon Eakin joins us next to discuss that and his 500th career win. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, or Jerome, or Jaron, whatever you want to call it. Whatever, Jaron was printed yesterday in something. All right, whatever. (laughs) Hey, coming up this weekend, softball makes its debut on BYU TV, BYU Radio this weekend, uh, this season. BYU versus Oklahoma State, great matchup in Provo. Friday night, 6 Eastern time, the first of a doubleheader. And then Saturday, we have a doubleheader as well, so don't miss it. The man leading the charge just picked up his 500th win with BYU softball. Head coach Gordon Eakin back in Studio B. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thank you. How nice does to it, be here. How does it feel to have 500 wins? Boy, it went by fast. You know, I, did, I had no idea that we were closing in or even close to that. Um, I remember the, the losses, unfortunately, a lot more than the wins, but it, it feels great. It feels it's a great accomplishment for the program. What was the most meaningful win you've had of those 500? Boy, that's, you know, I don't know, probably the last one we won. You know, it's just um, I don't think I could pick out any certain win. Certainly the uh, win over Texas in Austin to go to the Super Regional. We own um, Texas. BYU owns Texas. Yeah. Well, we're not going to go there. But, um, <laughs> we go there. That was a great win because it sent us to the Super Regional in 2010. That was huge. I remember. You have an outstanding pitcher in McKenna Bull who 
does a lot of work from inside the circle. Uh, what is what is that like having the luxury of of a player like her at such a young age where you can rely on her? Well, it's a it's a pitching game. You know, pitching and defense wins championships and takes you farther in postseason. And it's really nice to have McKenna as a sophomore uh, throwing so well and has the ability to to keep us in the game against any opponent. So that's a real nice luxury to have. How would we fare if we were in the batter's box against her? Um, c- kind of like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> she said that yes. she would uh, dust us back. She'd she, throw high and inside. Yeah, yeah she's, first pitch. she's a little laundry on the mound, and she'll get your attention first. And then, uh, but, you know, it's, she's pretty special. And we've had uh, baseball players hit off softball pitchers at the national level or, you know, back in the day um, – we threw to some of the baseball coaches here at BYU, and and they're surprised at how tough it is to hit. So I don't I don't give either one of you much of a chance. Okay. I don't either. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. Like you, you say that she's ornery in the circle when she when she's pitching. Do you do you fuel that anyway? Do oh you... sure, yeah, yeah. You got to have a little attitude when you're out there, especially as a pitcher. And I don't know if ornery is the right word, but but we want her to be a little little mean, and and we're not afraid to get someone's attention going a little high and tight. So she's got the the mentality to do those things. Well, Bull is the perfect last name for a pitcher, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Four conference titles in four different conferences the last four years. Is there some uh, level of comfort knowing, all right, we know the schedule and where we're going and that this year? Is it different in any way? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, we're we're ready to play wherever we go, whatever venue we play in. We've been fortunate to play in a lot of different venues over the last few years and and come out uh, on top. So wherever they send us to play, we're, we'll go and we'll play and we'll compete and hopefully we'll win. Do you wish you were in another new conference this year just to keep that streak going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure anyone will ever break our record. That's unbelievable. Has I, that ever happened? Were I, you ever told, like, hey, this never happened? I don't believe so, but um, I've never been told it's a it's – a, Record, but I think it is, and I don't think it'll ever be broken. <laughs> Man. Sun delays are a real <clears> – and Jeremy wanted to ask you about the Sun delays in the game of softball at uh, Gail Miller Field are, are a real thing. I'd never heard of this until <laughs> BYU softball. You stop the game when the sun is in the batter's eye sometimes. How often does this happen? What, when did you discover this? Well, it's, it's more a function that the catcher can't see the pitcher. Oh, okay. You know, and it's pretty important when McKenna Bowles bringing a pitch at you 67 miles an hour, you can see it. The umpire feels a little discomfort at that point too. So, <laughs> the sun just happens to, depending on the time of year, and it's usually in April and May. It just sets right there for about ten or fifteen minutes, where you just can't see the pitcher. You say you know sixty-seven miles an hour, and people think, well, I, you know, baseball they're throwing a hundred. It can't, it can't be that fast. It's way from different 60 from sixty feet away. It it feels like one hundred and twenty miles an hour. Yeah, it's uh, we we pitch from forty-three feet, so. I don't know exactly how it correlates, but a 67-mile-an-hour pitch, 60-mile-an-hour pitch from 43 feet is equivalent to a 90-plus-mile-an-hour pitch <laughs> yeah. in, from 60 feet 6 inches. That's some serious stuff. Uh, it's been really warm in Provo. Has that helped you at all in practice? I know you guys travel a lot. You're playing a ton, but has that affected your team positively in any way? Absolutely. To, to be able to get outside in January to practice – um, and in February to practice is huge for us. We 
typically when we go on our first uh, tournament in early February, we haven't touched grass or dirt for, you know, three or four months. So from October sometimes, maybe November. But it's it's been huge for us. We, we'd like to keep this weather, get a little more snow in the mountains, but keep this weather down here. Gordon Eakin, the head softball coach at BYU, in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. You went to Mexico as part of one of your early season trips. Uh, what was the best part about uh, making the trip south of the border? Well, winning is always good. Uh, we, we played well, and we won all four games we played. The experience and the way we were treated there by not only the tur- tournament organizers, which was Triple Crown, but the people was a great experience. We got to do a, a clinic for 73rd uh, through 5th grade elementary school kids with one translator. <laughs> that, was a, that was interesting but fun. They were great kids. Our players loved that. And then we got to attend church on Sunday um, there, and, and that was a very special experience. Do you need a karma bump for uh, the – the two doubleheaders this weekend? We do. We do. And, and last year. off for that. Yeah, last year you had a real good track record with this karma bump. Ashley Robinson hitting home runs. McKenna Bowl pitching out of her mind. Yes, we <laughs> need that again. Clair. Well, let's give it. The BYU Sports Nation karma to the softball team, which you can watch these games Friday at 6 Eastern on uh, BYU TV against Oklahoma State. We expect big things now, just like a no-hitter or something, nothing big. When you, when you talk about the national exposure that your team gets from BYU TV or if you're in the Super Regionals, how does that affect recruiting? I mean, tangibly, how does that affect recruiting? It's, it's huge. I mean, I go out recruiting all the time, and we'll have people walk up to me and say, hey, we saw your game on TV. So it, it brings great exposure, and with exposure and success brings – great recruiting opportunities. So BYU TV, uh, as this program, Sports Nation, is really, really big for us in the recruiting area. Okay, on the record, do you do you or your coaches give out candy at first or third base during the games <laughs> to, ba- to base runners? Uh, did you say for the record or on, on the record? On the record. On the record, no, we do not. <laughs> okay, we'll have to watch this weekend and find out because I think I've seen otherwise. Hey, Somebody wants to keep Jolly Ranchers jelly beans in their pocket and snack on them during the game. That's what the coaches want to. That's what the coaches want to do. Fine. I'm going to steal. Leave it be. All right. Gordon Eakin says no. We'll find out this weekend. (laughs) My goodness, Coach. Great to have you on the program. Thanks for having me. We wish you the best against Oklahoma State and Utah Valley. Hey, speaking of uh, snacks and drinks, you thought it was the Arnold Palmer, right? Yeah. It's it is the George Randall. Randall. Yeah. The Rock's version of like the drink. Anyway, I don't know what's in it. That's a BYU drink. There is an Arnold Palmer involved technically in our program, and we'll tell you about a couple of Cougars and why they are participating in that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's joining us next? No. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. That's right. Brigham plays one game. Game one of a three-game series in Spokane today, 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the W.TV. The Cougars have won seven of it. Yeah. Golf. Four. Men's golf on the links in Goodyear, Arizona at the Desert Shootout. Last year, the Cougars tied for first in this tournament. Let's do it again in the 15-team tournament. Tennis. Cougars beat San Francisco 4-2 yesterday in Provo. The win improves... Cougars to 8-9 and nine on the season. BYU will play in the Oracle. What? The Oracle? 
Invitational he tomorrow. He lives in Indian Wells, California. Love Indian Cougars Wells. In the PGA. Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair are playing in the Arnold Palmer <gasps> Invitational today. Summerhays one under. That was a Louisville card. Through 14 and tied for 25th. Blair also through 14 is even par, tied for 35th. Dude, Summerhays has been bringing it. Oh, he's one of the. Over, over the weekend, of, he had the best third round of anybody in. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best 50 players in the world. But I, I, one, one time I was interviewing him in the, uh, at halftime of a women's soccer game when I was a, a young buck here in 07, I believe. A and, young buck. Or 06. No, 07. And I said, uh, I was trying to reference Jack Nicholson, but I said, oh, no, Jack, Jack Nicholas. See, I did it right there. <laughs> I, said the, I said the actor, not the golfer. I said Nicholson, not Nicholas on Live. That TV, is awesome. TV, like I hey, Danny, you there. gotta be a straight shooter. <laughs> he had he had uh, had a better score than even Jack Nicholas and Jack Nicholson. For Jack that matter. Nicholson. Is he still a Lakers season ticket holder? By the way, like he's a diehard, right? He still these has are, season tickets. These are right? questions. These are unanswerable questions. <laughs> Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. and it goes to our boy Jake Toulson for continuing to win in the dance category on sideline celebrations. Uh, Brett McMurphy of ESPN just tweeted this. SEC will now count games versus independence BYU, Army, Notre Dame towards its Power 5 non-league oh! requirements. Oh! What is up? Wow. Included Army in there. Navy is not included because they become a part of the American Athletic Conference this year. So the SEC and ACC have now validated BYU. This comes in the final minute of the show. <laughs> the final I- minute. I have an idea of what we might talk about tomorrow. Okay, the validation is there. Wow. Okay, and, hey, enjoy the NCAA tournament today, by the way. It's going to be a ton of fun. 16 games, yeah. two underway. Northeastern and Notre this Dame. This really is Christmas morning for, for fans, sports fans, especially BYU. Christmas morning, I don't have work. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it Come on. Come on. <laughs> the SEC will now count games against Independence, BYU, Army, Notre Dame towards its Power 5 non-league requirement. Hey, chew on that. We got to go. Thanks to Patrick Hickman, Gordon Eakin, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUS. Yeah, okay. Hairball. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Dave McGuire, the seven-footer. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Power 5!